a message for liberals and the mainstream media. You can't handle the truth! So, buckle up, snowflakes, because we're about to deliver the politically direct best in conservative commentary, news, and investigative reports. We're telling the truth, and we're not gonna stop. Okay, liberals, back under the bridge with the rest of your fellow trolls, and oh yeah, Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots. They are special, special people on RSPRadio1.com. Welcome to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot. Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. Tuesday night edition of the show, 13th of June, and welcome to it. Good evening, Diane. Good evening, Craig, and how are you? Good. Good. I spent a fun-filled morning at the uh, county commissioner's meeting today. Oh, fun. Aren't those just the most boring things ever? You know, well, and, and to make it worse, one of the big things they were talking about today, and they spent probably about 40 minutes on it, I suppose, was uh, health insurance coverage for county employees. And if county commissioner meetings aren't exciting enough for you, try sitting through 40 minutes of health insurance talk. No, thank you. (laughs) Man, uh, my head was hurting by the time that was done. But, Mm. you know, I mean, you know, it was a good meeting and, and they got some stuff accomplished. So that's good. Okay. We've got quite a show. We've got uh, a couple of primary things to talk about. And before we get into that, I just want to mention the two big segments tonight. Diane, you're covering Why DeSantis 2024 Part 2. Right. And I want people to know that this article was written before the indictment was handed down. Not only before the indictment was handed down, but before the indictment was announced. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I mean, you did part one a week ago, mm-hmm. and you know, part two was in the works when part one got published, and you know, timing is everything. Timing is everything, but I stand by it, every word that I'm going to say in it. Now, I'm covering tonight a delicate explanation of trans nonsense, and trust me, I am being as delicate about it as I possibly can be. <laughs> In other words, folks, get ready for a lot of snark. Now, we start tonight, though, with breaking news regarding the the court case everybody has been on the edge of their seats about, uh, and we finally have some knowledgeable resolution to it. Amber Heard has paid Johnny Depp the $1 million she owes him, and he has donated all of it to charity. Okay, but you know what? I really don't give a flying fig about celebrities. Careful, careful. 
Well, I just thought that well, isn't that the court case everybody's talking about today? Oh, it's yeah. not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I saw that and I thought, well, there. I mean, there's there's a whole first half hour of the show right there. Oh, okay. Well, and then there was this um, thing down in Miami. Um, I saw I saw some video. There was a lot of people milling about on the street outside of a rather official-looking building today. What was going on down there? Well, that was the actual indictment and Trump's pl- uh, plead, which he pleaded not guilty. And uh, it was at the Miami Federal Courthouse. There were a lot of people out there. Um, not not the huge, enormous shoulder to shoulder crowd that that one might expect, but yeah, the, you know, people out there with flags, American flags, Trump flags, um, just kind of hanging around, waiting to see what happened. Right, and of course, for a little drama by the left, someone called in a bomb. Use your air quotes threat and they had to move certain residents uh you know participants i should say and uh you know i i was watching it i know exactly where all this took place no the crowds were not large i mean there was there was a good number but it, it wasn't it was a packed. good number but it was not super large by any means right um and the whole thing just let's put it this way. I put up on Facebook today, little Facebook block, and I said, what a sad day for our nation when a former great president is indicted on bogus charges, but the current crooked president and his string pullers are still walking free. Mm. And for me, that kind of sums it up because here it hit is, and Craig and I will get into a specific thing next week, which we'll tell you about in a little bit, that out of all the charges, and I have gone through every single one of them, in my opinion, there's only one charge that holds any validity, and it only holds validity on a tenuous part of Trump made a careless mistake. That's all. And and I think to convict him, we'll get it. Like we said, we'll get into this next week, and we'll explain that here in a bit. But even to convict him of that part, I think they're going to have to show malicious intent, and I don't think there was any. Um, not necessarily. It's uh, well, we'll get into it next week. But it everything Trump is being accused of from. My viewpoint is strictly, this is a witch hunt. They started when he first came on the golden escalator and everybody on their side was very upset. A non-politician beat the sainted Hillary Clinton. And this is nothing but payback for that. They never let up on Trump. And even with their never letting up, he turned out to be a great president. Now, he had his flaws. You know, he's a showman. Everything had to revolve around him. But you've got to put that aside and realize the good he did for our country. Right. But when the Durham report sort of exposed the Democrats 
for what they are, meaning liars and every assorted other thing you can think of, it took their wind out of their sails. And so they latched on to one really innocuous tape and built this whole case up. And really, Craig, the bottom line is, it is this tape. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, that I think is pretty clear at this point. And, you know, you read and you hear, you know, there were 37 charges. Well, that's called uh, charge stacking. Exactly. Um, you know, and it's a common trick when when prosecutors really don't have very much, they try and stack up a whole bunch of charges to make right. it look worse than it really is, you know, and, and right. this is a clear-cut case of charge stacking, in my opinion. Absolutely. Not a question yeah. about it. I mean, some of the charges are almost laughable, and I keep coming back to this one, and it is an offense. But is it to the level that they're making it out to be? I don't think so. I, I believe you're right, you know, on that. The, what happened in the courthouse today was pretty anticlimactic when you get right down to it. Mm-hmm. Um, Trump was there. He had a couple of attorneys with him. Uh, obviously, they're putting together a new team of attorneys right now so that it right. wasn't a, you know, a, a packed defense table by any means. Trump did not speak. He did not utter a word. Uh, one of his attorneys entered the not guilty plea. Uh, when asked, how does uh, your client plead? He said, certainly not guilty. Right. And he's not guilty. Not of yeah. these charges as written. There's no way that he committed the 37 infractions they're accusing him of. Yeah, I just can't see it. Yeah. I just can't see it. Um, no, it makes no sense. You know, uh, Trump was there. He had to wait uh, a little while. Apparently, the judge was a, a few minutes late getting into the courtroom. Um, and then, you know, they had that. Now, as I understand it, um, this was not the formal arraignment. Uh, and, and I'm a little confused by that because I thought it was, but the, they, they report now that there will be a more formal arraignment in about a week or two. Well, well, that's when they will start presenting their motions. Okay. And going into more specifics. He was actually arraigned in full. The charges were made. He and his team presented his plea. That right then and there makes it a formal arraignment. Well, but there's little, you know, I's to be dotted and T's to be right. crossed. Uh, That's he was, what they're talking about. He was digitally fingerprinted. They're not shooting a new mugshot. And no handcuffs. No handcuffs. He did not surrender uh, a passport. He wasn't asked to. Right. Uh, there are no restrictions on his travel. There are right. some restrictions, however, that were placed on who he can uh, be around, who he can talk to, uh, and, of course, he he can't talk about the case to certain people. Well, those people that he's talking about not being able to talk to, they're ones we will tell you about next week, and there's right. reasons for that. Right, and, uh, you know, so that's that's going to make things 
interesting on the you know on the inner circle in Trump world, but right. um, you know it was a pretty low key affair. Um, mm-hmm. Came in, left uh, by a side door apparently. Um, it was an underground. Um, the garage there goes kind of underground under yeah, the, the building. Yeah, the garage is under the building. He came in and out a side door in ac- in the actual courtroom itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of members of the press, not only from the U.S., but from around the world that were there. Well, what's very bad about that is I've been monitoring some of the foreign sites, journalistic sites. Mm-hmm. And they're, uh, especially in Britain, they're like, how are you allowing this to go on? I know. This is a farce. It's making our country look very bad. Here it is. We have a a crook in the White House whose strings are being pulled by a former occupant of the White House. Uh, We have a secretary of state that, oh, it's okay. I can trash all the evidence and nobody will do anything to me. Uh, It's bizarre. Yeah. And here it is. They're laser focused on this one man it's It's, crazy insanity really when you think about it well it you know when you see uh the foreign press there and i mean from a lot of countries i mean yes uh press from the uk was there press from italy was there um you know press from france was there uh japanese press was there great britain Mm -hmm. yep i mean they were they were all there and uh, and most of them are like, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Um, you know, whatever the left and those who really don't like President Trump think, you have to understand one thing, and it has to top everything. Our country, under his stewardship, was energy independent Jobs were created. The economy was doing great. The stock market was soaring. There was, Putin didn't dare act up. I mean, there were so many pluses about his administration. And all the left and the anti-Trumpers kept focusing on was the man's personality. Well, and, and, and you know his tweeting finger, and he he's not shutting up, and it, yeah, but they, but you you hit the nail on the head early in the show, Diane. They were after him before uh, he even sat down in the Oval Office because he beat the anointed Hillary Clinton. Right, and there's a little it, more to that, which again will be exposed next week. You know, maybe at this point, why don't we just tell them what we've got coming up next week? Because we keep referring to it. We keep keep bumping up against it here. And and it's not like we're trying to be extra cryptic about it. No. Um, But Diane and I are putting together a co-written piece. And this piece is going to explain a lot of the things that are kind of getting brushed aside. Right. You know, and uh, tell tell them what part of it you're handling. Well, that's really hard to describe. I'm part of it is I am handling the charges, right? 
and I will expose what I believe and Craig believes is the only true charge, if it's even a charge, that there might be some issues with. They might be able to press something against President Trump, but not to the degree that, you know, they're saying, oh, he can end up dying in prison by the time we're done with him. I no. know. Come on. Yeah. It's ridiculous. There'll be a little background. There'll be a little bit about what is going to come next. And then, Craig, you're going to handle a very uh, important part that's been on a lot of people's minds. Well, yeah, and and we're going to talk about that, uh, you know, to some extent here in just a minute. But, um, you know, you look at at what's going on with President Trump, and the stark contrast is what's going on with Joe Biden in this bribery situation. Um, You know, Joe Biden's bribery situation, Hunter Biden obviously is involved in that, too. Hunter Biden's got other problems. Joe's got other problems. You know, and the whole idea of a presidential pardon, not only for Hunter Biden, but for Joe Biden himself. And so I'm going to delve into that and try as best I can to explain the possibilities and the different scenarios involved in that. Yeah, it's not as cut and dry as people think. A president, yes, they can pardon people, but it's not, you just can't make up a person you're going to pardon and say he's pardoned. There are certain steps that must be taken and, and certain rules that must be followed. Yeah, and, and there's there's going to be some real unprecedented stuff, right. you know, if, if they go that route. And so it's it's going to be a legal nightmare, let's put it that way. And I'm try, going to try and decipher all of that. Now, that deals, obviously, with uh, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, and the bribery thing. And mm-hmm. we've gotten some new news on this. And let's go back to last Tuesday's show when we were talking about the bribery, because that's kind of when it just broke, you know, right. that, that this was was out there. And on the show, we were speculating as to who may have been involved. We knew it wasn't China. And and that's all we knew for 100% sure when right. we were doing the show last Tuesday. But, Diane, you said you thought it was probably the chief executive of Burisma. Yes. Okay, so now, today, we have found out that it is indeed the founder of Burisma, uh, a man by the name of Mykola Zolcheski who mm-hmm. allegedly bribed both Joe and Hunter Bright Biden, both to the tune of $5 million apiece. But that's not all. No. It, it turns out that Mykola Zolchevsky not only was the founder of Burisma, but also a spy for the Russians. In other words, he was a Russian operative. Right. What this was really, Craig, I think this is a, okay, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, they took the bribe, they took the money. But what this is, is sort of almost blackmail. Right. Because he was a Russian operative. If Biden and Hunter didn't toe the line, according to the way he wanted and Russia wanted, he would expose them. Right, and and he could very well have done that uh, mm-hmm. because it has also come out 
that uh, Zolchevsky tape recorded, audio recorded, 15 phone calls with Hunter Biden where the bribery was discussed, apparently, and two with Joe Biden. Now, this is the same Joe Biden that has claimed he never knew anything about Hunter Biden's business dealings, never had any contact with his business partners, never had any hand in any of that. Now, it turns out that Joe Biden was bribed to the tune of $5 million. But here's where it gets really interesting. If you go back early in the in the Trump presidency, Trump was accused first of colluding with the Russians. And then when that wasn't panning out, they switched it and they said he was involved in quid pro quo with Ukraine. Now, as it turns out, the reality of the situation is that Joe Biden engaged in quid pro quo with Ukraine, and we have the videotape where he's bragging about it. Right. And not only that, Joe Biden accepted a $5 million bribe from a Russian asset. And this makes it even worse. This was when Joe Biden was vice president, not president. He was vice president under Barack Hussein Obama. If Joe Biden got $5 million and Hunter got $5 million, kind of makes you wonder how much, if any, Obama got. Because it's my belief, and I believe this strongly, the big guy that Hunter is always referring to is the intermediate guy, which is his dad, Joe. Right. The big guy in my opinion, is Barack Obama. And let me tell you why. Because what a lot of people forget, and I have said this before, but it doesn't sink into some people. This whole scenario was going on while Obama was president and Zelensky wasn't even on the radio radar. He was still doing his acting and comedy and all that. It was under the president of Ukraine who was supported by Obama. Obama in basically endorsed, if you will, the man who it was. I, I just can't remember his name offhand. Right. None of this had anything to do with Zelensky. It's amazing. The tie-in here. There has to be an Obama tie-in. And another reason why I say that, you know, Obama had a big mouth when when um, uh, Hillary lost to Trump. He was all over the place spewing and everything. He has remained totally silent regarding what's happening with Biden and Hunter and Ukraine. Why? I say all this stuff that's going on by the FBI, redacting things, hiding things, it's not being done to protect Joe Biden. It's being done to protect Obama. Okay, so here's a couple of things. The previous president of Ukraine was uh, a fellow by the name of Petro Poroshenko. Right, Poroshenko, right. Okay, so that's that's the, the guy that was ultra-corrupt, was Petro mm-hmm. Poroshenko. Now, Obama, being the big guy, I mean, I'm, I'm going to try and clear this up as, as easily as I can. 
the big guy, and, and the nickname comes from Hunter Biden, okay? Right. So in Hunter world, the big guy was Joe Biden. The bigger guy would have been Barack Obama. Because, no, I think, because I think I'm just saying, I, I, well, this, this is what I'm saying. This is exactly what I'm saying. To, to Hunter Biden, he could get people in to see Joe Biden. But Hunter Biden didn't have the pull to get people in to see Obama. So right. to, to Hunter, in Hunter world, the big guy was his dad, Joe. Get people mm-hmm. in to see Joe. Joe can then get them to the bigger guy. So Joe becomes the introductory agent to the top of the food chain. Joe wasn't the top of the food chain. No, Obama was the far. top of the food chain. You not know, so far. you got the big guy and you got the bigger guy. And, right. and Hunter didn't have the the steam to get to the bigger guy. But he could get people to the guy who could get to the bigger guy. The intermediary. Yeah. He was the intermediary. You know, so this whole thing with uh, with this uh, Burisma executive, the founder of Burisma, the bribery, the, and, and here here's where it gets even more interesting, right? So we've got the quid pro quo with Ukraine. That's Joe Biden. We've got uh, the collusion with uh, a Russian uh asset a russian spy that's joe biden and the the bribery that was paid by the russian spy to joe biden was to get victor slocan the prosecutor looking into burisma fired in ukraine which was the quid pro quo it's all one neat little package of course it is but nobody is reporting on it they're just like ignoring the simple puzzle pieces that are very easy to put together if you step back and look at the big picture. Yeah, if you tried to write this as a movie script, nobody would buy it. Right. But, here but it's it a is. reality. Yeah, this is the reality we're living in. And the FBI is part of it because they know the truth. They know where the money came from, who it went to. And then where it finally ended up to. They know it all. And yet they had the audacity to redact the report that Congress asked for. There was black markouts all over the papers. And apparently they did a pretty piss poor job of redacting it because uh, they got caught. (laughs) They got caught and they figured it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, oh, my God, it's just crazy. It's very crazy. And here it is, you know, the American people have rightfully lost all faith in our American justice system because we have two sets of justice, one for Democrats, one for Republicans. And there, it, it's a straight down the line. If you're on one side, you can do whatever you want. If you're on the other side, you can't do anything. And how long have I been calling it or referring to it as the system of injustice? Years. It is injustice. I've been referring to it as that for years. But it's next week, next witch hunts. Yep. Next Monday, we'll we'll publish this uh, uh, co-written article. We'll cover that article on this show next Tuesday. Right. 
And some important points that the media is not bringing up will be brought up. Yeah, I mean, you need to know. Uh, if you're, if you're going to make informed decisions and uh, you, you, you want to know what's going on, you'll want to read this article coming out next week. Right. Very simple. All right, so we're getting close here to the bottom of the hour, and that means we're going to have to take that bottom of the hour break. Half an hour from now, I'm I'm doing my level best to be as serious as possible and as <laughs> delicate as possible. A delicate explanation of trans nonsense. But before we get to that, and right after the break, Diane's got it with Why DeSantis 2024, Part 2. So stay with us, folks. There's plenty more to come on Right Side Patriots. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's longtime Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out the National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on rspradio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot, Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, go to rspradio1.com. Tomorrow morning, click the podcast button. This show in its glorious entirety will be right there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. All right, so Diane, a week ago you did uh, Why DeSantis 2024 Part 1. Right. And... Uh, you know, earlier this week, uh, you said, oh, oh, let me send you my title. It's Why DeSantis 2024 Part 2. And I started laughing. I said, you know, I think I probably could have figured that out. Yes. And it's only <laughs> going to be Part 2. It's not going to be like my COVID series, which is now up to, I think, 37 articles. Yeah, that's what you said kind of when you started the COVID thing. When you got done with, with the third COVID article, you said, I'm done. I'm not going to write about COVID again. <laughs> then 35 COVID articles later, you're still covering it. 
And guess what? I was right about every single one. Well, and and I, you're not going to like me for this, but I don't think we've heard the last of it yet. There's a few other things that have happened that might force me to do another article, but not for a while. Yikes, a hootie. Okay, so <laughs> why DeSantis 2024 Part 2? Okay, in last week's article, Part 1, I explained why I believe that Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is not only the best man to lead our country come 2024, but also why former President Donald J. Trump isn't. And he's the man who comes replete with major political damage. And here are the whys condensed down to but a simple sentence, as in it's my belief that Donald Trump represents America's past, while Ron DeSantis represents America's future. And let me add that it's a future where America's ship is righted again, and where the much-heralded free state of Florida becomes the working blueprint for the returning to we the people, the nation knows as as the United States of America, a nation where divisiveness and hate can now be put aside as we, together, start anew. So let me begin by stating two truths as I see them. First, all the made-up scandals, lies, and cleverly fabricated dossier were always but a fishing expedition by Democrats to see what would best bring about the downfall of then duly elected President Donald J. Trump. And second, all was done in the name of payback. Payback for not only Trump's defeating Hillary Clinton in 2016, thus denying Barack Obama his calculatingly timed third term in office, but payback for putting on hold the very term that was to see the final transformation of America reaching fruition. And so because of Trump, Obama was forced to wait until 2020 and the fraudulent election of Joe Biden to see set transformation starting to move forward at a fast pace. Starting on a cultural and societal level, it moved on to both economic and military levels as well. Levels where not only inflation, price hike, and forced educational indoctrination became mandated new norms, but where wokeism demasculated our military. Simply common sense and scientific facts morphed into the art of pretending, which became a faux reality instead of being exposed as the lie that it was then and still is today. And to that effect, we now see the man Democrats so love to hate actually becoming the very man they desperately want to be the 2024 Republican presidential nominee. Why so? Because Trump is the man that can, again, be beaten by Joe Biden, no matter if Joe Biden just hides in his basement or not. And while many will say no way will that happen again, I say it will. For what most folks forget is the one individual actually lurking in the shadows, the one individual whom I believe controls the Democrat hierarchy, a man whose goal is not just to bring America to her knees, but to change the very fabric of what constitutes both America herself and American society. And I'm not speaking Obama here, but of his puppet master, 
George Soros. George Soros is the very man whose pocketbook helps to finance almost every anti-American group, institution, and discourse that is part and parcel of today's 24-7 news cycle. And this vile man will once again work, neither secretly nor silently, to assure it is Obama his very own personal puppet on a string, who will once again become de facto president come 2024, courtesy of a Joe Biden win. And with Obama, we'll continue on in that role when Biden is either removed from office via the 24th Fifth Amendment or when the infamous Kamala Harris becomes president if Biden were to die in office. Either way, Craig, it's a win for Soros, the man many rightfully call America's public enemy number one. Well, and we we understand today that George Soros has, use your air quotes, officially handed the reins over to his Mm -hmm. 37-year-old son, who apparently is worse than Soros himself. But you can bet Soros is going to be pulling those puppet strings as long as George Soros can fog a mirror. So what is it about George Soros? What, What is it that he wants more than anything else on the planet? Simply, George Soros craves power and has enough money to buy power and hence control, and has too much to lose if the White House was to fall into Republican hands. And so the Democrats' aim has been dictated to be making sure the nominee is Donald Trump and not Ron DeSantis, the only man who can actually beat Joe Biden and bring Soros' reign of control to an end. So what is Soros' plan to assure Trump is the nominee? Simply to make Trump's core base and the ever-vocal only Trumpers so angry about charge after charge being levied against Trump that come primary time, they turn out in droves to vote to make sure Trump clinches the nomination, never realizing that both they and Trump have been played. But what happens if Trump does secure the nomination? And why would he lose to Biden? Simply because once Trump is set nominee, a whole new set of made-up lies, scandals, accusations, coupled with an endless round of legal dramas, will start surfacing, thus making 2016's and 2020's nonsense seem like a cakewalk in comparison. And when all these new goodies are added into the mix of political baggage Trump now already carries, the bad press alone will increase to such a degree that many diehard Trump supporters might well be forced to say that for the sake of our country, even we've had enough. And why? Because Trump will be unable to get anything done, let alone have time to campaign and play to the much-needed independent voters, because he will be too busy defending himself against serious but bogus legal charges rendered, including last Thursday's, that's how far back I wrote this, folks, last Thursday's federal indictment on seven, it was seven at that time, in the classified document probe including his possible violating of the Espionage Act, divert and deflect brought to a whole new level, courtesy of Soros and crew, something that serves no candidate well. 
Joe Biden will win again unless something changes. George Soros, in my opinion, will see to that. And he has the money and power to buy, if need be, said election one way or another. And as an added bonus, Craig, Joe Biden can again stay holed up in his basement until he's forced to make an appearance to dance on Obama's pulled puppet strings. You know, if you look at the situation, you stand back and you look at the big picture, and that's something you and I always do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to believe that Trump is blind to this scenario. Well, he actually is. I say he's. it's sad, really, because Donald Trump, being the smart man that he is and great president that he was, knows well what will happen if he's the nominee. And yet he still insists he can beat Joe Biden, for his misguided ego allows no place for another defeat. But instead of using said ego to his advantage, instead of stopping his silly name-calling, lies told, and falsehoods perpetrated against his fellow Republicans, especially Ron DeSantis, Trump attacks them instead of Joe Biden, the man he should be focused on, while forgetting that clueless, even more dangerous, Obama-controlled Kamala Harris is salivating in the wings. Donald Trump needs to do what's right for America by stepping aside for the next generation of leaders, but we know he won't. Ego and narcissism are what drives him forward, when instead he should let history tell his story and decide his historical fate. History is the true definer of presidential legacies, and wouldn't one want one's legacy to herald their successes more so than their failures? I surely would hope so. History, I believe, will be kind to Donald J. Trump, for truths about the injustices he's faced will eventually become part of history's truths, but only if he does the right thing now and realizes that going in as a lame duck president, if he were to win by chance, will not bode well when his history is written. Why so? Because not only will the animosity and divisiveness brought with him across the political spectrum taint said legacy, but it will taint all the good he did when first he became president. This alone will leave Trump to be remembered as the man whose ego and overwhelming need for revenge did itself make sure that no Republican would retake the White House from 2028 to perhaps a generation or more to come. And that, Craig, is not the legacy that Trump should leave for future generations to neither learn from nor respect. Boy, isn't that the case. Now, as you are putting these two articles together, part one and part two, um, the the main gist of this is DeSantis 2024. So if you can, kind of shift back into that mode and, and tell us why DeSantis is the, the better of the two candidates moving forward. Now, this is not going to please a lot of diehard only Trump supporters, but that right. doesn't make it any less true. Exactly. And let me start by saying we all know that most good men are known to do mostly good things and that good men at times do pull off the unexpected, which I believe will be the case with Ron DeSantis. Why so? 
Not only has DeSantis done right by the must-win state of Florida, not only has he taken on big corporation that shoves wokeism and the liberal agenda down our throats, something few have been willing to do, but he has already garnered the support of 99 of Florida's 113 Republican state lawmakers, including Florida's two main legislative leaders, Senate President Kathleen Pasadamon and House Speaker Paul Renner as supporters. Now, as to specific reasons why I believe Ron DeSantis can in the end garner the nomination, First, the fact is that DeSantis, a constitutional-based conservative Republican, has the best chance of beating Joe Biden in the general election as he remains the top candidate of choice for most anti-Trumpers within the Republican Party. And while at this time polls showed DeSantis behind Donald Trump, he has a year to catch up, something that has happened twice not too long ago. Remember back to 2007 when Barack Obama was behind Hillary Clinton in all the national polls, up by 40 plus points in some, but yet it was Obama who ended up garnering the nominations as folks got to know him, his positions, and liked, unfortunately, what they heard. Remember too, This was the same situation John McCain found himself in in 2008, where he was behind in all polls, yet he also won the Republican nomination. Simply, polls taken this far out from an election, whether it be a nominating, general, state, or local election, are usually in the end proven to have been wrong. And this very scenario, I believe, can happen in regards to Ron DeSantis, as he and his common sense-based policies become more nationally known. And key here is the fact that under Governor DeSantis' leadership, the free state of Florida became the number one state in the nation. Also, the man truly fighting for America's children can tout his record regarding actual laws passed, laws based upon true conservative values, laws like the heartbeat law, school choice, and his stopping the sexual indoctrination of children in Florida's public schools, three examples that have garnered him growing support amongst conservatives and non-Trump supporting Republicans. And not to be forgotten is that here in Florida, come July 1st, our constitutionally given Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms as in constitutional carry goes into effect. The very thing that Trump, the president who banned the bump stock, has yet to weigh in on. And constitutional carry is, Craig, what most on the right do support, no matter a number of polls to the contrary yeah that's that's very true now one of the sharpest people in politics over the past several years has mm-hmm. been kelly uh kaylee McEnany. uh and and she's you know people know her as trump's press secretary right well, but she's mm-hmm. yeah but she's so much more than that because she truly understands the political world now right. She has come out recently over the past couple of weeks, and she has offered, I guess, maybe a hint, maybe a, a little boost 
to Ron DeSantis? What is she? She been is saying? a DeSantis. Yes, she's supporting Ron DeSantis. We know that here in Florida, she lives in Florida, which a lot of people don't know that. And remember, Trump called her, and he misspelled it a milk toast, adding that the rhinos and globalists can have her. So I say, and she said, DeSantis can win the nomination if, and this is her quote, he campaigns to the right of Donald Trump on major issues. And that is something the Florida governor is surely doing. In fact, DeSantis's aforementioned stances on abortion, school choice, and his stopping the sexual indoctrination of children have already fired up his campaign to the point where either in Iowa or in New Hampshire, a win in other primary, one of those primary states could well set the up-tempo for his becoming the Republican Party's nominee. And as I write this, Ron DeSantis and his freedom blueprint are gaining momentum, and he is actually closing the gap in both Iowa and New Hampshire. And he's done this by building a solid grassroots campaign aimed at local officials and so-called power brokers in these early key voting states. In fact, in Iowa, DeSantis has garnered the endorsements of 37 of Iowa's GOP state lawmakers, including Iowa Senate President Amy Sinclair and House Majority Leader Matt Winchell. If he can do this in Iowa, he can And if he stays on topic, if he picks up even more endorsements, and if he remains focused not on Trump, but on the failed Biden presidency, DeSantis can move ahead in other must-win states as well. Third, now we had a little computer pop here, folks, sorry. Third, while much brouhaha is being made of DeSantis is flying, as per liberal California Governor Gavin Newsom, kidnap border crossers, a.k.a. illegals, into blue states far away from his and mine sanctuary state of Florida. Non, non-sanctuary the, state. We're Yours, not. No, non. Yeah. I said non-sanctuary state yeah. of Florida. Most on the right are heralding DeSantis's move as a solution to a problem Texas alone can no longer handle and Washington doesn't care to handle. And why is DeSantis doing this? Simply because he is calling to task those who claim to be a sanctuary for all who cross what in reality is our open southern border. In other words, Governor DeSantis is solving a problem by giving the blue states and cities the very folks they laid out the welcome mat for. Simply, Ron DeSantis puts common sense to use and knows how to not only solve critical problems, but institute their solutions, whether said solution is popular or not. And his problem-solving ability will be but one hallmark of a successful DeSantis presidency. In my opinion, Ron DeSantis 2024 is a better step forward into the future than baggage carrying Donald Trump, especially now with our country not only being torn apart by social and economic issues, but by the world teetering on all-out war. And I would rather have a man who knows firsthand the horrors of war leading our military response if war was to reach America's shore 
than by a man who reportedly dodged military service five times. And with that, I say, case closed. You know, it's a very interesting set of scenarios that you put forward, not only in this article, but the one last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, folks, if you if you haven't read part one, you need to. Uh, and you need to read part two, and you need to have both these links, because I think we're going to see a lot of this starting to play out over the next several months. My advice, go to Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or go to rspradio1.com. You can get the link in either place and then share it everywhere. But I just want to I just want to say this because you know, he he really has nothing else to do tonight. So I'm sure Ron DeSantis is listening to this show. <laughs> um, yeah, the guy's got he's he's got nothing on his plate. He, you know, he's not busy being the governor. He's not busy running a national campaign or anything. But if I could give Governor DeSantis a piece of advice at this point in the whole thing, it would be this: stay the course. And by that, Absolutely. I and by that I mean there's going to be a lot of uproar over this whole thing with President Trump. The As arraignment, they be. yeah the the arraignment that took place today, uh, you know, future. Uh, cases because they're not going to stop. I mean, Diane's outlined this in two articles here. Uh, they're not going to stop. They're going to throw everything at the wall against President Trump that they can find, right? So mm-hmm. every time they do this, Trump's poll numbers <clears throat> take a jump. They go up. That's and, temporary. And, and, and every time they do this, people donate more money to the Trump campaign. Okay, and this is why I tell Governor DeSantis, just stay the course. Just keep talking about the major issues. Just keep running, as Kaylee McEnany says, keep running to the right. Right. Stay stay to the right. Stay the course, and all of this will level out. The one thing people forget about President Trump, and no, and I have said this publicly, and I have written this, if President Trump gets the nomination... He gets my support and he gets my vote. I have nothing against President Trump. He was a great president. I don't like his, you know, ego all the time, but he was a great president. And that's what's more important. But I am a strong believer that it is time for the next generation of leaders. Trump is part of the same generation as Biden. Totally different, you know, totally different physically, mentally. You know, I'm not saying they're the same person. They're the same generation. Right. I think it's time. And like I said, I truly believe this. The next generation of leaders to take over. And I think, you know, Ron DeSantis is a prime example of a good man who would be a good leader representing that generation. He was, you know, a, a naval officer, a decorated naval officer, a JAG attorney. He did actually fight in theaters of war. That's what I see as the type of commander in chief 
we need right now. Trump was well-loved by the military. He did great by the military. But he personally never experienced the horrors of war. And the way the world is now, with Putin and China and this one and that one, we need somebody who knows the horrors of war. From the, from the inside. From the inside. we As good as President Trump was, he doesn't have that. Right. And DeSantis does. And, and another key point that you make in, in both last week's part one and this week's part two is that Trump would come in, let's say he wins the nomination, let's say somehow he wins the White House. Trump comes into that as a lame duck. He's he's four years and gone. One term gone. Right? And DeSantis comes in, he's he's got two terms in front of him, and whoever he's got as a VP could then step right up. Exactly. And the problem is, let's say Trump does win. And, you know, this this whole indictment thing, the numbers, and he becomes the nominee, okay? And let's say that because of this indictment, even Soros' money couldn't buy an election. He's only in for one term, and he will be facing all that nonsense again. That will kill 2028 for the Republicans, any Republican, just we lose fact. 2028, we will lose the White House for a generation to come. You know, I mean, and this is part of standing back and looking at the bigger picture. Right. You know, and, you know, I understand the only Trumpers and, and you know, they uh, their dedication to that, mm-hmm. but, but that's pretty narrow, a, a pretty narrow vision. Exactly. You know, you know, I voted for Trump twice. I will vote for him the third time if he's the nominee. But, 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 there were more charges. There were more charges coming against him. There's rumages of women again, you know, appearing out of the woodwork. But something that really bothers me, and I hope I'm wrong. And when our show ends, I'm going to turn on the broadcast from New Jersey. Millennia has been very, very silent. She hasn't been campaigning with him. She wasn't there in Miami today. And that really troubles me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an oddity. Uh, Trump said that she was, that she just doesn't care that much about it. You know, she right. he says she's got a, a great mindset and... Uh, you know, she she doesn't let things like this bother her. She uh, she takes it in stride. So, I mean, we'll see, you know. We'll see. But it's just, you know, here it is. Your husband was the president of the United States. He's being arraigned on bogus charges, and you're not by his side. That, there's just a very uneasy feeling that I have. It's a weird vacuum. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, there, it, it could be nothing. She could be out there tonight. Yeah, I mean, it but could it, be nothing. It, it optically it, it creates a vacuum. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just does. I mean, and we don't want to read any more into it than than what we know at this point. But it's right. something that's worth keeping an eye on. Folks, go to Diane's blog. Get part one and part two. 
Why DeSantis 2024, Part 1 and Part 2. You can get it at Diane's blog, thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, or you can go to rspradio1.com. Either way, you can find both links, hang on to them, and share them everywhere, because as things play out over the next several months, we're going to see a lot of what she has written about in these two articles coming to fruition, I do believe. Mm-hmm. Plain so and <laughs> Top of the hour, that means we've got to take another break. Folks, stay with us when we come back. I am going to be as delicate as I possibly can be. <laughs> a delicate explanation of trans nonsense. You don't want to miss oh, it. You're such a delicate individual, like a bull in a china shop. <laughs> that's that's right. And and I don't care how many pieces the China winds up in. Okay. Hi guys, Diane Sorry from The Patriot Factor on thepatriotfactor.blogspot.com, where I found a home base seven years ago after becoming one of Facebook's long-time Facebook felons, or so I've been told by the Facebook gods. On my blog, you will find not only my articles, but our Right Side Patriots investigative reports, as well as stories and links to and from well-known writers and bloggers, plus what I call almost daily memes, my snarky take on news of the day. And for more great takes on the issues of the day, check out The National Patriot at thenationalpatriot.com, where you can read Craig's insight into all the current news happenings. And join us both on Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. EST at rspradio1.com. You're listening to Right Side Patriots Radio, the best in conservative commentary, news, and talk where we do away with the politically correct nonsense and give you the politically direct truth. This is the home of Right Side Patriots every Tuesday and Friday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern with Craig Andreessen and Diane Sori. We're working to make this country great again from the right and leaving puddles of melted snowflakes on the left. Thanks for listening to Right Side Patriots, your best bet on the Internet. You're listening to RSPRadio1.com. Welcome back to Right Side Patriots on RSPRadio1.com. Craig Andreessen at the National Patriot and Diane Sori at the Patriot Factor. If you miss any part of tonight's show, you're going to miss a lot. So you'll want to go to RSPRadio1.com tomorrow morning, click the podcast button, and have at it. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's been a lot of nonsense on a whole lot of different levels floating around in liberal land uh, over the past week or two. And there's there's some trans nonsense, there's some other nonsense, and I looked at all of that and I thought, you know what, Somebody, somebody's got to add some clarity to this stuff. <laughs> you know, but far be it for me to intentionally try to offend anyone. 
Right. There's no intention there at all. No, 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 no. Uh, So that's why I put together a commentary, a delicate explanation of trans nonsense. Have you heard of what's now the grand plan regarding how they want to deal with illegal aliens in the sanctuary city of New York City? Mayor Eric Adams last week hatched a desperate scheme by which New Yorkers would be encouraged to allow illegal <clears throat> excuse me illegal alien families to live in their homes for which the citizens would be paid $125 per month per illegal alien now that equates to roughly $3750 a month per illegal alien and by families One can suppose it means two Guatemalan men, one Mexican national man, some guy by the name of Mahmoud from Bukharakistan, two kids they've never met before, and four black dudes with balls wearing dresses, all going by the name of Rosita because they're tired of living in Harlem. That's right, if New Yorkers are willing to foster just such a family of illegal aliens, they could be raking in $450,000 per year. But that's not the only grand plan hatched by the city of New York last week. They also have found the fix for the growing problem of drug addicts infesting every nook and cranny of the boroughs of the city that never sleeps. They have installed free crack pipe vending machines in and around some of the most problematic parts of the Big Apple. Free crack pipes for drug addicts means that Hunter Biden's profit margin on his meth-infused artworks has just gone up. Over on the left coast, California Governor Gavin Newsom has his panties in a wad over 16 16 illegal aliens flown to Sacramento, yet another liberal sanctuary city, courtesy of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Newsom is threatening to charge DeSantis with kidnapping. Never mind that the 16 illegal aliens all verbally agreed to go to Sacramento and signed agreements to that effect. Newsom said nothing when the Biden regime was flying illegal aliens all over the country in the middle of the night a couple of years ago. But, Diane, let DeSantis charter a plane for 16, who are criminals, by the way, of breaking U.S. immigration laws, and fly them to a liberal sanctuary city in the sanctuary state of California, and all of a sudden, it's kidnapping? I guess in liberal land it is, but, you know, they're only getting what they asked for. They they have welcome mats all over the place, you know. Come here, we'll give you licenses, we'll give you credit cards, we'll give you a voting card, which is stamp D. I mean, they'll do anything for you, for your vote. That's right, and if you're a sanctuary city in a sanctuary state... You should be thrilled that illegal aliens are arriving at your doorstep and liberals should be overwhelmingly supportive of the efforts of Ron DeSantis for recognizing the desire of liberals in helping those cities and states live the dream of welcoming those with no respect for the law to their open arms. 
And for that matter, perhaps we should all take a page from the liberal Blue City Grand Plan in New York City by placing vending machines that dispense free bullets to the masses as a means of gun control. After all, if the problem in New York City isn't the amount of drugs being abused but a lack of crack pipes, maybe the problem in Chicago isn't the number of guns illegally in the hands of criminals, but a simple lack of ammunition. (laughs) Unless the liberals are engaging in hollow virtue signaling. They want us all to believe that up is down, wrong is right, and that they meant it when they declared themselves sanctuary cities and that they actually care about black people. Now, remember during the whole COVID circus when they insisted that we were all going to die unless we lined up to be jabbed with experimental poison and then line up for second jabs and unending boosters of the poison? What was it they said back then? Oh, yeah. Follow the science. Obviously, they didn't really mean that any more than they meant that illegal aliens are welcome in their cities. It's just more hollow virtue signaling. And as a case in point, I give you the whole transgender circus complete with the clowns. The follow the science crowd suddenly is demanding that we all ignore the science where gender is concerned. Science tells us there are two genders, male and female. That's it. Just two. In all of human history and pre-human history, for that matter, there have never been more than two genders. Archaeologists and anthropologists have been digging bones out of the ground for eons, and they've never found a single set of transgender remains. They find males, and they find females, and contrary to liberal hollow virtue signals, they can clearly define what a woman is. There have always been scientific certainties, Diane, involved in the practice. Males of the human or pre-human species... And yes, holier than thous, there were pre-human species, and the world has existed for more than 6,000 years. Males have always been the physically stronger of the species, while females have always been better at getting directions at gas stations, and they're the only members of the species to give birth. Yes. Well, to that effect, recently a top magazine came out with a picture as its cover of a transgender male who was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I think you have a little issue with that. Oh, a wee bit. Wee bit of an issue. Take the tattooed pregnant chick on the cover of Glamour magazine as your prime example. Liberals, the hollow virtue signalers that they are, insist that you believe that that is a pregnant dude. Up is down, wrong is right, sanctuary cities want illegal aliens, right? That's not a dude. That's not a pregnant dude. It's a chick pretending to be a dude. Logan Brown, the transgender clown on the magazine's cover, claims to have unexpectedly become pregnant with his partner, Bailey J. Mills, a legendary non-binary drag performer in the UK. Brown says in the pages of the magazine, and I quote, 
I am a transgender pregnant man, and I do exist, so no matter what anybody says, I literally am living proof. Listen up, lady, and I'll explain this as delicately as I can. You're a woman. If you don't believe me, check the inside of your panties, and for further confirmation, get a DNA test. Your impregnator is not non-binary. He is most certainly binary. He is a dude. And a quick check of the inside of his panties will no doubt confirm that fact. He put his tool in your toolbox and knocked you up. You two binary idiots have a baby girl, but what we don't know is from what orifice did the spawn of you two clowns come. (laughs) I personally have dined at the all-you-can-eat bean burrito buffet, after which it was necessary to take an El Dumpo Grande, which left me feeling as though I should have contacted the Guinness Book of Records and handed out cigars. But actually giving birth through one's exhaust port simply isn't possible. Now, I'm guessing that you, at least until after giving birth, had not hired a plumber to reroute your pipes and install a spigot. Because any member of the male species who has ever passed a kidney stone half the size of a grain of rice will tell you In no uncertain terms, you would never get a baby with the head the size of a cantaloupe through your pee hole. (laughs) This, of course, only leaves two possibilities. Either you deposited your baby the natural way by passing her down your birth canal, which is something that only females have, or you had a cesarean section, as many women do, but which is impossible for a man to do as men are incapable of getting knocked up to begin with. Diane, follow the science. You are a female, you you woman on the cover of that magazine, and the only thing you're living proof of is that you're an abject idiot or your baby is the first in history to have a father but no mother. Well... That's not the truth. I've actually, it has a mother. The mother is the idiot, as you say, pretending to be a man. What this man, use your air quotes, is, is probably somebody who was gay, didn't want to admit that he was gay, fought with his conscience, whatever, and decided, I'm going to become a man, I could be with a man, But you know what? I still have that earning to have a child. So Uh I'll do the little bit that I have to do to look masculine, but I'm going to keep my uterus, my fallopian tubes, my vagina, and everything else necessary so I can have a baby. Folks, for the thousandth time, until one's DNA can be changed, you are as you were born genetically nothing has changed no matter what you cut off no matter what you add on or no matter what you want to pretend to be just the way it is look the left's hollow virtue signaling demands 
that this former lesbian who had a double mastectomy and took hormones in the quest to better pretend that she was a guy and got knocked up by some dude be taken seriously. They demand that we all play make-believe and nod our heads collectively in agreement that a man can get pregnant and accept that as a reality. We are all supposed to ignore the science on this, but follow the science where experimental jabs with poisons are concerned. Mm-hmm. He's a man, damn it. And if you dare say otherwise, you're an evil transphobic bigot. Logan Brown, the self-admitted former lesbian and now mother, is writing a book entitled My Daddy's Belly, The Miracle of Male Birth. And I'm willing to bet it won't be listed in the fiction section because we're all supposed to believe in the miracle of male birth. Women, the political party that used to tell you that you mattered, and I mean really mattered, just like they told black people that they really mattered, have been lying to you all along just as they've been lying to black people all along. Hell, liberals can't even define what a woman is, and now liberal men are claiming they are women? Ladies, real ladies, don't matter to them at all. If you're a real woman, check the inside of your panties if there's any question. You have been replaced by dudes pretending to be women. Monroe Lace is the dude that won the title of Miss San Francisco, or Miss San Fran Freak Show as I call it, and will be competing against real women in the Miss California contest on July 1st of this year. He claims to be a role model for children. Mr. Lace says, quote, Every time I put on the sash, the weight of it reminds me of the weight of my job, the responsibility I have to make a difference for young children, unquote. He says he's been dreaming of taking beauty crowns away from real women since he was 12 years old. What did he do for the talent portion of the pageant? Write his name in the snow while peeing standing up? <laughs> Lace, by the way, identifies as being straight. Straight what, exactly? If he's a straight man, wouldn't he now be pretending to be a lesbian? Or if he's a straight woman, wouldn't he actually be a gay guy? Lace said of the pageant, quote, I told myself if it wasn't going to be me, then who? And if it wasn't now, then when? So I just went in being my whole authentic self, and I won, unquote. I've got some breaking news for Mr. Lace. His whole authentic self had a wiener at birth, and his DNA still shows him to be a card and wiener-carrying member of the male portion of the species. In my opinion, 99% of those pretending to be some other gender than what they were actually born as are just seeking attention and acceptance as victims of something because that's what the liberal ideology thrives on while the other 1% has a mental illness. If you want to pretend to be something you're not, feel free. If you're a man and you want to pretend to be a woman or you're a woman who wants to pretend to be a man, feel free. Just don't expect me to buy into it. Look, who am I to talk I identify as a descendant of black slaves who, after being set free by a Republican president, moved to Mexico and have now crossed the border illegally. 
I want my free Obama phone, my free college tuition, my free housing replete with free air travel, my welfare check, and oh yeah, where the hell are my reparations? Now then, if you'll excuse me, I do have a gyno appointment. I've been missing my period for the past 50 years or so, and I believe I might just be pregnant. (laughs) Oh, dear. This is just, just too ridiculous. Absolutely too ridiculous. But, Craig, you've got to tell the people about the meme you put in this. (laughs) You know, I was looking for illustrations for this, and I came across this the other day. It's, it's, it's It's a picture from when... Obama was in the White House and and Biden was the VP and a lot of people have seen this picture that Biden's sitting down Obama's leaning over Biden's shoulder and and you know telling him something on the sly and the the caption on this thing says telling you right now there better not be a picture of my wife's dick on your son's computer <laughs> <laughs> You know, it fits right in perfectly with the uh, Hunter computer brouhaha. I mean. Uh, Holy crap. I mean, and, you know, look, I've got the actual picture of that dude that won the Miss San Fran Freak Show pageant. Yeah. You know what I don't That's not an attractive man or woman. No. But you know what I don't get about this whole thing is... There's a great difference between gay people and transgender or binary or whatever they want to call themselves. Okay. Gay people admit they're gay. They just love someone of their own sex. Yeah. But the transgender, they're not pretending anything. They're being who they are. But transgender people, they're actually pretending that there's somebody else and want the rest of us to believe their game of make-believe. You know, you know, they have a right, if they want to mutilate their bodies, and I'm not talking about children, that should never be allowed. But if you're over 18, 21, whatever, you want to mutilate your body, go ahead, mutilate it. But don't try to convince the rest of us that what you're mutilating yourself into is who you are. Don't try to get us to believe that men can become pregnant. You know, we do learn in sex education in school and just looking through a biology book, there are differences inside. Yeah. And it it's just, it's mind-boggling, Craig. It really is. You know who I get the biggest kick out of is these people that say, you have to pay attention to me because I'm non-binary. Well, no here, here's here's some breaking news. If you're non-binary, you don't exist. So therefore, I don't have to pay attention. But that's to you. true. That's <laughs> true. I you mean, know. if you want to look at it in the the actual definition of what non-binary is, absolutely, you don't exist. Yeah. So why why should I pay attention to you? You don't exist. You're non-binary. And what about, you know, your favorite gender, the jar of mayonnaise? Out of the one hundred out of the one hundred and sixty two possible genders, according to liberals, you can be a jar of mayonnaise. This is really sick, but the other day I saw a meme that someone had put up. It was a pregnant lady 
and she was just talking to, I guess, a friend. And uh, she said, oh, I wonder what the sex of my baby is going to be. And the friend said, don't worry about it. The kindergarten teacher will tell them. That's what it's come to. That's what it's come to, folks. You know, that is that kind of sums it up. That suddenly being a male or a female, no matter who you choose to live, keep gay people out of this. If you 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 can't accept physically who you are. Most of these transsexuals really are gay people, but are but have a fear of admitting it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and and you know they're everywhere. They're yeah. being forced on society as a way to re-engineer society. Exactly. And and this is all nonsense, you know. And it it, it it's just the the most ridiculous thing. You know, you got kids in kindergarten now being told that they're something they're not. And you've got school systems that are intentionally hiding their efforts to re-engineer your children's minds from the parents. I mean, good right. Lord. This is the whole generation here, this, these young kids whose parents have been taught it takes a village to raise a child. No, it doesn't. It takes responsible parents. Well, we we know where all the village idiots are, and I've got several photos of them, and I mentioned some true. of them in this you article. Do. I mean, <laughs> this is just sick. Is this what our country has become? Unfortunately, yes. Exactly. You know? and, and, and folks, it started with Obama. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just is what it is, you know. Um, Look, like I said, you, know, you feel free. If you want to pretend, feel free. But when you start forcing other people to indulge you in that pretend world, that's, I'm sorry, that's not going to work. So it's just not going to work. Um, I'm not going to buy into it, you know. No. Um, but yeah, can you believe New York is giving away free crack pipes? That's their answer to the drug problem. Free yeah. crack pipes. Yeah, bunch of idiots. You know, and, and you got Gavin Newsom over there on the West Coast. Don't bring your illegal aliens to our sanctuary cities. Yeah, you know, there's well. a video. There's a video out about those particular ones he's talking about. Right. And you can hear on the videos they were so happy to be going to California. That's where they wanted to go. Well, all Governor DeSantis was doing was granting them their wish. Well, and you know why they want to go to, to California so bad? Because in California, they can steal up to $900 worth of stuff from any given store at any given time, and they won't face charges. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this, this is our country, God. folks. I could see George Washington turning over in his grave. I mean, this is the most asinine thing I've ever heard of. You know, you think the culture wars were bad. You think the statue incidents were bad. The nonsense with the reparations given by people who never owned slaves to people who never were slaves. But this, even... It tops that in stupidity, Craig. 
And it's getting worse. And I guarantee you, I have not written the last piece on this. You know, but this, you'll never catch gonna, up to my thirty-seven COVID. I well, it's it's gonna it's a challenge. But <laughs> you know, if if this stuff continues, eventually I'll get there. But um, folks, it, you know, look, if you want to have some fun, you want to laugh, you want to send some laughs to your friends. Go to my blog, thenationalpatriot.com, or go to rspradio1.com. Either place, grab the link to A Delicate Explanation of Trans Nonsense and share it everywhere. So delicate. (laughs) I I am nothing if not delicate. That's true. (laughs) I, I try my best not to offend. Oh dear! And, and and if I didn't offend you this week, just hang around. I'll get to you somewhere. That's true. You know, That's eventually, eventually, I'll get around to you. It's oh. just the way it is. Okay, so we're just about here at the end of the show. We're going to keep an eye on what's going on with this arraignment. Uh, Donald Trump is back in New Jersey. Uh, he's got an appearance there at uh, a golf club in New Jersey. Uh, this evening, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye invitation on the Biden mess. Only. It's an invitation-only affair. Yeah, mine got lost in the mail, apparently. Yeah, so did mine. You know, but next week, we'll have this co-written article where we talk about the arraignment and we talk about this whole Biden bribery thing and the possibility of Biden issuing pardons not only for his son, but for himself. Right. So watch for that. That'll come out next Monday. Yes. And with that, Diane, we've run out of time for the show. So I will say Star Trek awaits and nighty night, folks. Have yourself.